What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports for Wednesday, September 13th. I am so excited for today's show. There's so many good things to talk about. And many people know that I'm not a Cam Newton fan. However, I have come to the conclusion that I need to have a more open mind about Cam. So I want to start the show by explaining my developing thoughts about Cam Newton. You know, you know, growing up, I really liked the comedian Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham, are you, are you familiar with him? He uses ventriloquism and puppets, um, and it's a form of stand-up comedy. I really enjoy stand-up comedy. I, I like Louis C.K., Chris D'Elia, Dave Chappelle is fantastic, uh, John Mulaney. I love stand-up comedy. Well, the other day when Jeff Dunham came out with a new comedy special, I was excited. I liked him growing up. And I realized something while watching him. Jeff Dunham has one shtick. Jeff Dunham uses puppets. He has one way he is successful. He needs his puppets. Without Jeff Dunham's puppets, what is Jeff Dunham? I heard Tony Gonzalez talking the other day about how Cam Newton needs to run the football. And it it really opened my eyes. You see, I realized the parallel between Jeff Dunham and Cam Newton. Jeff Dunham needs his puppets. Jeff Dunham can't go on the stage and do what Louis C.K. does. Jeff Dunham is limited. Cam Newton is also limited. It doesn't mean Cam Newton can't be successful. Jeff Dunham has had an incredibly successful career. Jeff Dunham just has to do it his way. Jeff Dunham isn't flexible. Cam Newton is not a good pocket quarterback. Cam Newton cannot win games playing the same style as Tom Brady. It doesn't work. He's simply not a good enough passer. I've criticized Cam Newton this year that if he couldn't run, he couldn't play. I've been very critical of Cam Newton. I said that great quarterbacks can win throwing the football. And if Cam Newton has to run, he's clearly not that good. Um, but, But I realized something that Cam Newton not being a pocket passer is not the end of the world. That's just what Cam Newton is. Cam Newton is not a pocket passer. Remember, Jeff Dunham would have had a much less successful career in stand-up without his puppets. If you take away Cam Newton's ability to run, what does Cam Newton have? Well, he has a really big arm. We can all agree on that. But Cam Newton isn't accurate. He, Cam Newton's career completion percentage is 58%. Yeah, that's just what he is. Cam Newton isn't Tom Brady. He's not a surgeon. He won't dissect your defense. But a few times a game, Cam Newton will hit a deep ball. And he'll run around. He'll make a ton of plays. Cam Newton isn't useless. Cam Newton isn't a bad quarterback. He just can't win games playing the same style as Tom Brady. And that's okay. Jeff Dunham has had a successful career. He just, he just make, better make sure that he brings his puppets with him. Without his puppets, he can't win. We shouldn't tell Cam Newton not to run. That's how Cam Newton plays. The truth is, if Cam Newton doesn't run, he doesn't have anything else. He's kind of useless if he doesn't use his legs. Cam Newton is a running quarterback with a below average completion percentage. Cam Newton will never be Tom Brady, but he can still have a successful career. 
and that's where I was, I've been misguided this whole time. I've been very hard on Cam. You know, Cam Newton can't win from the pocket. I've accepted that's just not what, not what Cam Newton is. Cam Newton is not a quarterback that can beat you from the pocket. That's okay. It's not the end of the world. Cam Newton can run. He's got a dimension that Tom Brady doesn't have. That's Cam Newton's game. Cam Newton runs the ball, and it's about time I embrace that. So I, I just wanted to change my opinion on Cam Newton a little bit. He's not going to be a Tom Brady quarterback. He's not going to be a, an amazing quarterback. But he's also not, it's not the end of the world that he can't beat you from the pocket. I want to shift gears. I want to talk about Adrian Peterson. I lived in Minnesota for years growing up. Uh, when I was growing up, I loved Adrian Peterson. I used to have an Adrian Peterson poster in my bedroom. Now, now that being said, the NFL is changing. In today's NFL, Christian McCaffrey is more of a hot commodity than Leonard Fournette. A guy like Leonard Fournette, a big bruising running back. That's not a shot at Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette's going to have a productive year for the Jaguars, and they're going to lean on him a ton. Regardless, when the Saints picked up Adrian Peterson, I was dumbfounded. I I was confused. You know, there isn't much of a place for Adrian Peterson on the Saints roster. Even if the guy wasn't 32. Even if Adrian Peterson's body wasn't a wreck, he still can't catch the ball out of the backfield. See, when the Saints signed him, I was like, what? What? The Saints use running backs as receivers, and Adrian Peterson doesn't fit their system. He has got horrible hands. He, he's, he's just not, not, not a guy that fits in their system. I, I remember watching uh, Adrian Peterson sign his, fr- his contract to the Saints, and I was like, Man, why didn't the Bills sign him? They could have hyped it up a ton. They could have signed him for a couple million, put a bunch of butts in seats, a conditional contract. He would have worked well in in Buffalo, and he would have sold tickets. But if you ask me, Adrian Peterson is very clearly a backup. People tell me, look at Adrian Peterson's accomplishments. He won MVP. He used to rush for thousands of yards. Uh, exactly. When people look... When people tell me to look at what Adrian Peterson has done, they look at his accomplishments in this league. That actually strengthens my point that he's done in the NFL. You wouldn't buy a car with 300,000 miles on it. That's not a smart business decision. That's a bad purchasing decision. And you really wouldn't buy a car with 300,000 miles on it and a bad transmission. Adrian Peterson has knee issues. He's a car, he's a clunker with 300,000 miles and a bad transmission. Adrian Peterson tore his meniscus last season. Not to mention there's a ton of miles on that sports car already. He's like an old car that's been totaled. Stay away from Adrian Peterson. And now he's sniping at his coach? Similar to Colin Kaepernick, Adrian Peterson thinks he's worth far more than he actually is. Also, there's this, th- you know, there's this thing that happened on Monday on the sideline. I-, I-, I shouldn't try to read lips, but I watched the clip and I'll try to read it anyways. It looked like Adrian Peterson was saying, we need to run it up there. Well, the next word's inappropriate for this show, but he appeared to say he wanted to run the ball right at the Vikings. <laughs> you know, you put two and two together. Right now, this makes Adrian Peterson look delusional. I don't know what else was said, but I can inference that AP is a little bit out of touch. He went for a team. He he went to a team. His new team, the New Orleans Saints, throws around five thousand yards every season. 
So that's why the Saints signing never made sense to me. The fact that he had six carries and 18 yards on Monday only makes this an easier point to make. The Saints don't have a role for Adrian Peterson. He doesn't fit in New Orleans. And okay, that's fine. He doesn't fit. I, I just, I'm not against Adrian Peterson, nothing personal. I just, I, I don't think he's a, a good fit in New Orleans. And I don't think, I think it's a little bit overhyped. I think he's a bad match there. I want to stay for a minute on the Saints and talk about their head coach, Sean Payton. I'm not comfortable calling for someone's job. I remember when my dad lost my job, when my dad lost his job growing up. And when your parents lose it, loses their, when your parents lose their job, it really stinks. That sucks. And when a coach is fired, there are far bigger consequences than just the ones that happen in football. But I do want to pose the question, how long is Sean Payton's leash? How many years does he need to be subpar after winning the Super Bowl before Sean Payton is sent packing? What have they done since they won the Super Bowl? They've been extremely average. I love Sean Payton. He's an amazing offensive coach. And and I don't think he should be fired. But it's getting time to wonder, how much time does Sean Payton have in New Orleans? Everyone's familiar with Adam Sandler. We, We all would say Adam Sandler's had a successful career. But when is the last time you watched an Adam Sandler movie and enjoyed it? Actually, better question. When is the last time you watched an Adam Sandler movie at all? Um, He is still making movies, but he keeps putting out dud after dud after dud. Happy Gilmore was great. 50 First Dates. Click. But, But recently, his best movie is... Pixels? I mean, it's been a long time since Adam Sandler pumped out a gem. Adam Sandler and Sean Payton are very similar. It's been a while since Sean Payton had an outstanding season. His offenses are great, but after a while, I would think that 7-9 just doesn't cut it. He did, he did win New Orleans a Super Bowl once. I, yes, that was amazing. It changed New Orleans forever. A- and maybe that's it. Maybe Sean Payton can ride that wave forever, and I really hope so. His book was great. I love the guy. But it's been a long time since Sean Payton was the leader of the pack. I truly wonder how much more time does Sean Payton have in New Orleans before the expectations get raised and people start going, the Saints aren't making the playoffs every year, and and they have a Hall of Fame quarterback? This weekend, the Saints play a huge game. This, this game next weekend against the Patriots is the biggest game of their season. Obviously, it's week two, but it's going to be, this is a big deal. See, the Saints play in the NFC South, which is ultra competitive. You have the Falcons, the Panthers, the Buccaneers. Every one of those teams is a potential playoff team. So this weekend, when the Saints play the Patriots, it's a huge game. And I think it's going to be great to watch. I can't wait. I think it's really well matched, and I think it's a pivotal moment for both the Saints and the Patriots. However, I think the Patriots could recover from 0-2. I do not think the Saints could recover from 0-2. See, the Patriots play in an extremely weak division. They play the Jets twice a year, the Bills twice a year, and the Dolphins twice a year. The Saints, on the other hand, simply cannot afford to start 0-2. Not in their division. That's too tough. 
With the amount of tough games the Saints have ahead of them, the Patriots, the Saints need to win this game. The, the Patriots' weakest link is their defense. And the Saints' strength is their offense. So I think these two teams complement each other really well, allowing for a good matchup. And I refuse to pick against an angry Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's mad from last week. And he's out to prove everyone wrong. But the Saints in week two could be an upset. The Saints versus the Patriots, I can't wait to see them go head-to-head. I cannot wait to see Tom Brady and Drew Brees duke it out this weekend. This weekend, everyone is ready to... This, after this weekend, everyone's ready to panic. It's, it's After week one, everyone freaks out. They're like, oh, oh no, ah. And they're, they're ready to give up on a few people. And I think that's too early to call. So next, that's coming up next. I want to tell you why it's too early to, to bail on a few guys people are ready to bail on now. I'm Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I'm taking a short break and I'll be right back. We call the Monday after the first weekend of the NFL season Overreaction Monday. And Overreaction Monday was in full effect this weekend. Man, reading headlines, you would think the Jacksonville Jaguars are about to win the Super Bowl or the Patriots are done and Tom Brady can't even play football anymore. Now, now those are obviously ridiculous, but I keep hearing two things repeated and they're really surprising me. P- people I trust, people I, I believe in are saying things and, and even taking part in this. And I'm like, uh, really? I just think it's too early to call these two things I'm going to say next. So the first thing is that Eli Manning is too old. And the Giants need to move on from him. Uh, I'm not ready to say that yet. I don't think that's too much. And the other one is that after Andy Dalton lost for the Bengals and threw four interceptions, the Bengals just need to give up on him. And and again, I think that's too early to call. Now, I I will agree. Both Eli Manning and Andy Dalton's performances were troubling. In fact, they were extremely alarming. I would not sleep well if I were the GM for either one of their teams. But we have to slow down. It's week one. First, let's break down Eli Manning. Eli often struggles. It's weird. He can look like a dead fish for half a season. And then suddenly he'll wake up, make the playoffs, beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And you're like, uh, what? I mean, that's only happened twice. But, but seriously, Eli has a tendency to do this. I, I, I mean, look, Eli did not play well. Granted, he was without his best wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm not saying I'm not worried about the Giants, but I think it's too early to call. I just think we can't, we can't already just say Eli Manning's career is over based on one game against arguably one of the best teams in the NFC um, without his best wide receiver. I just think we need to slow down. It's too early to call for Eli to be replaced. I feel the same way about Andy Dalton. Look, I've been skeptical of Andy Dalton my entire, his entire career. I've, I've never really bought into Andy Dalton. I certainly do not think he's a top quarterback in this league. And in week one of the NFL season, Andy Dalton threw four interceptions and lost a fumble. And to make matters even worse, Andy Dalton wasn't even pressured. He wasn't getting sacked. He wasn't getting hit as he threw. No, two of his interceptions were just really, really bad decisions. Now, now two of them were tipped. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but it's not a good sign. He was making some really bad decisions on Sunday. And this is his seventh year in the NFL. The Bengals have made significant upgrades on offense this season. 
And and I expect I I still do expect Andy Dalton to make significant improvements this season with his offense. But but this season is a make it or break it season for Andy Dalton. He's got good weapons all around him. If he can't make it happen, there are no excuses. However, Eli, I think this is too soon. I, I just week one is is way too soon to call Eli Manning and say he's done. It, it does look bad. It looks really bad. But Eli Manning had a 76% completion percentage in week one. Not to mention the guy has two Super Bowls. I know you can't ride your coattails forever, but Jesus, man. I'm going to give it till week four. By week four, we will know. Are these guys completely done? Or do they still have some life in their legs? Do they still have some some room to grow? Are they still going to have careers? Now, now it will not take four weeks to know if it's over for the two of them. So I'll be following Eli Manning and Andy Dalton for the next couple of weeks. We'll see what happens. But I, I do think that if Andy Dalton stinks it up on Thursday, if Andy Dalton can't beat the Texans, that's very clear. It's done. It's over. So I think Andy Dalton's leash is a lot, leash is a lot shorter than Eli Manning. But I, again, with both of them, people are ready to give up on Andy Dalton. They're ready to say that Eli Manning needs to retire tomorrow. Relax. We saw one game. Both played not great. Andy Dalton much worse than Eli, but slow down. Take a deep breath. Their careers aren't over yet. It's too early to call. Another story everyone is ready to jump all over and just totally give up on is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Last weekend, Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield went into Ohio State and took them down. And first off, I was, I've never been more happy to see that. I've never been more happy to see the team I picked to win the national championship lose a game. I love Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is my, he, I hope he wins the Heisman. He's my favorite quarterback in college by far. All the adversity he's fought through, you know, walking onto two teams. He's such a good story. Look him up on Google. Baker Mayfield is amazing. I love him. And by the way, he's repping it for short quarterbacks. I was a short quarterback growing up. Baker Mayfield's repping it for short quarterbacks. But guys, look. Ohio State won, lost. Ohio State lost one game to an Oklahoma team that will probably go undefeated. Again, we got to take a deep breath. We got to slow down. We got to relax. And some people are saying Ohio State is already the disappointment of the season. I don't know about you, but that seems like a bit of an overreaction, right? Like, what? Like these columnists, these bloggers are just ridiculous. I'm like, what? The disappointment of the season? Ohio State? Don't forget last year, Ohio State lost to Penn State and they still made it into the college football playoff. Not to mention, Washington lost to USC and Clemson lost to lowly Pittsburgh. And yet, Ohio State, Washington, Clemson, all three of those teams made it into the college football playoff with a loss. And Clemson, a really bad, really ugly loss to a bad team. One loss is not ending Ohio State's season. And you do realize Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in college football, right? Like, I think Oklahoma is going to make the college football playoff, which just makes it an even stronger bet that that Ohio State will be fine losing to a team like that. You, you guys, you know, you know, Ohio State probably cannot lose again. I'm aware of that. But everyone needs to settle down. 
Ohio State is eighth in the nation. Currently, obviously, Oklahoma's ranked higher than them. Alabama's ranked higher than them. Totally obvious. But then you have a couple teams that I think are going to quickly just whoop, get right out of their way. You know, eventually, you, you have Michigan in front of them and Penn State. Ohio State plays both of those teams. And, and you know, you got to realize, the Big Ten is going to beat each other up. Whatever team is still standing at the end of the Big Ten season, that t- team is going to make it into the playoff. The Big Ten is going to just rip each other apart. And USC doesn't have a bye week. USC, I like them. I like their roster. I like their quarterback. But they can't go undefeated. They don't have a week off at all. It's a 12-week grind. Now, 13-week, because then they got to play the Pac-12 championship game. I think there's still a very good chance Ohio State makes it into the playoff and wins the national championship. They obviously have some issues. You know, Their quarterback is very concerning. Uh, he, he's not there. You would think their veteran quarterback who's played there for years would absolutely light it up. And he's not. And that's, that's very weird to me. I think it's a coaching issue. You know, we did lose Tom Herman, his offensive coordinator went to a, a Texas last year. So I think <clears throat> he just needs to, he needs to figure it out, but the quarterback is an issue. And, and currently I think Penn state is a much bigger threat than Michigan is to ruining Ohio state's national championship hopes. You see, Penn State has a star quarterback. Michigan does not. So everyone needs to settle down. Relax. Ohio State's going to be all right. They lost one game to a really good team. Ohio State is going to be just fine. They still have a chance to win the national championship. I want to point out next that the Big Ten is easily, not even close, the best conference in college football. You know, SEC fans, the Pac-12 fans, they're all claiming that their conference is the best. And it's all silly. Of all the teams that are in the top 25, of all the conferences that have teams in the top 25, the Big Ten is the only conference with multiple teams that could win the national championship. In the SEC, it's going to be Alabama. There's no second fiddle to Alabama. Who, who else is talented enough in the SEC to win a national championship? Not Georgia. Not Tennessee. Certainly not LSU. Okay, so it's just Alabama and the SEC. Now let's go to the Pac-12. There are two teams that might be talented enough to win. So, so only really, that's not true. USC is the only team talented enough in the Pac-12 to win the national championship. UW could make the college football playoff, but they're not big enough up front. They would get dominated by Alabama just like they did last year. Their linemen, their front seven, they're not good enough. And, and again, USC is not going to make it because they don't have a bye week. And that's just, that's too rigorous of a schedule. I don't think USC can make it through that. That's too much to overcome. The ACC has Clemson, one team that could win the national championship. They also had Florida State, a really talented team, but Florida State's quarterback is out, and that puts them out of the running as far as I'm concerned. And yes, Louisville has Lamar Jackson. He won the Heisman last year. He's an amazing quarterback. It's like him and Baker Mayfield. They're the two best quarterbacks in college football. I go Mayfield, but you watch Lamar Jackson. You cannot deny that guy is amazing. Yeah, but Lamar Jackson alone isn't enough to help Louisville win a national championship. So the ACC has Clemson. The SEC has Alabama. The Big 12 only has Oklahoma. Now, the Big 10 is loaded. 
The Big Ten has, sorry, the Pac-12 has USC, but they're not going to make it happen. So the Big Ten has multiple teams that could win the national championship. Unlike every other conference, the Big Ten has Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. All are talented enough to win a national championship. Not to mention Wisconsin. Wisconsin would not be able to win a national championship. They don't have the quarterback good enough to do that. But their their front their linemen are incredible. Their front seven is certainly good enough to win a national championship. The Big Ten is loaded and, and obviously the best conference in college football. I don't know how you could disagree with that. I, I keep saying I keep hearing people say the SEC is the best. Look at our teams. We beat Notre Dame. Georgia beat Notre Dame, and you're like freaking out. Like the the SEC is the next big thing. No, that's not a staple win. You realize Notre Dame is not a, a, a national power. They have a big fan base. But beating Notre Dame is no accomplishment anymore. The Big Ten is clearly and obviously the best conference in college football. When I return, Andrew Luck should not play a single down of football this season. And I'll tell you why next. My name is Zach Shelmore. This is Strong Opinion Sports, and I'll be right back. Man, did you guys hear what that ESPN anchor said about the president? <laughs> Yikes. Uh, all I have to say is sportscasters stick to sports. I mean, isn't that the point anyways, to just get away from the chaos that is politics? I'm just saying, sports sports over here, politics over here, let's keep them separate. I like it better that way. Man, I read today that Johnny Manziel is possibly going to go to the CFL and play football. <laughs> I read about that and I just, I laughed. I thought, I thought nothing of it. And everyone was tweeting at me and asking me, what do you think about Johnny Manziel? And I'm like, to be honest, I, I barely thought about that at all. I don't, I don't know. Johnny Manziel, I mean, that's cool. I, I guess if he can turn his life around and have a successful CFL career in Canada, that'd be awesome. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Johnny Manziel isn't really on my radar anymore. I'm not worried about that. I want to talk about tomorrow's matchup. Tomorrow night, the Bengals play... The Texans in Cincinnati. Uh, That's a really big game for Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton must win this game. The Texans are starting a rookie quarterback after just getting crushed, blown out by Jacksonville. If Andy Dalton loses to the Texans, that's really telling. It will be really telling if he can't do that. I expect... Personally, I think Andy Dalton's going to bounce back. He'll beat the Texans. He'll be just fine. Um, but, but if he doesn't, if Andy Dalton is not successful tomorrow night, if he doesn't make it happen, it's the beginning of the end. And I'm comfortable saying that if the Bengals don't win tomorrow, it's, it's probably, and if, Andy, if the Bengals don't win tomorrow and Andy Dalton plays poorly, it's probably over for him in Cincinnati. So I, I think, I believe... The Bengals will win 24 to 13. If they don't, if they don't win tomorrow and if, if they play badly, we should be really concerned about the Bengals. Marvin Lewis's job's probably up at that point. He'll get another one, he'll be fine. Um, because it will be because Andy Dalton is not taking care of business. And I'm reading all these headlines, you know, about the Bengals. If the Bengals don't have a good year, that's 100% on Andy Dalton. He is a. NFL veteran. This is his seventh season in the NFL with a good, talented roster around him. If he doesn't win, there are no excuses. 
Andy Dalton needs to make it happen tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football against the Texans and their rookie quarterback. Okay, uh, the last thing I want to touch on is Andrew Luck. Again, I'm, I'm reading all kinds of headlines about Andrew Luck. Things like, can the Colts survive into October without Andrew Luck? Or, will the Colts be okay without Andrew Luck? I'm like, I'm thinking, they're, I'm, what? That, that's not even the question. Of course the Colts won't be okay without Andrew Luck. They're not going to win a game without Andrew Luck. The question is, should Andrew Luck even play this season? That's the real question. I, I would hate, I would absolutely hate to see Andrew Luck's career cut short because of this season. Andrew Luck is not healthy. And the Colts should not play him, even when he is healthy, because he'll probably get injured again. The Colts are horrendous. The Colts are the worst. Them and the Jets are competing to be the worst rosters in the NFL, bar none. And what do the Colts have to gain by playing Andrew Luck this season? Their head coach is as good as fired. It's brutal to say, I'm sorry. Chuck Pagano has a great story. He had cancer. I've had, he beat cancer and everyone rallied around it. That was great. But that was a couple years ago, and we need to move on. I, I've had family that's dealt with cancer. I've, I've watched people beat cancer. It's very exciting. I know a lot of cancer is serious, serious stuff. I don't want to take away from that. But the reason Chuck Pagano is still in Indianapolis is because you can't fire a coach with cancer. Chuck Pagano has not delivered as a coach, and it's it's becoming time. And it's like. Again, I, I don't want to call for anyone's job. I'm not not in the business of doing that. I don't like that. But I'm seeing, you know, the dots getting connected, and I'm like, Chuck Pagano's probably gone. So the Colts have nothing to gain by playing Andrew Luck and everything to lose. If you're the Colts, you have Andrew Luck. And you have Andrew Luck, who is a once-in-a-generation talent. Andrew Luck is a special player. You're not going to get... No one goes from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Do you understand how incredible that is? The only team ever to do a succession like that again was, you know, the the Niners to, from Montana to Steve Young and the Packers from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. That's it. That doesn't happen. That's rare. So you got a gift from God, Andrew Luck. You are getting another Andrew Luck. And before you get all these ideas, you know, you're not getting Sam Darnold. Ah, Sam Darnold is not even close to as good as Andrew Luck. Sam Darnold could not carry the Colts to an AFC championship game the way Andrew Luck did. Andrew Luck is incredible. Have you? But this year for the Colts is already lost. This year is basically over. You have a coach who will be lucky if he has his job in week 17. And if he's still there, Chuck Pagano will be fired at the end of the season, so it doesn't matter. You have the worst roster in the NFL. Again, it's close with the Jets, but the Colts are horrible. I wouldn't play Andrew Luck at all this season. Because even if you do, he's just likely to get hurt again. Because he's not going to play till late October, early November. The Colts are going to be 0-8, 0 0-9, 0-10, 0-7, 0-whatever. The season will not be salvageable. Why risk it? Why risk ruining your quarterback? All you do by playing Andrew Luck this season is risk him getting injured worse for next season. I would strongly caution the Colts against playing Andrew Luck this season. The Colts just acquired Jacoby Brissett. Make him the starter. They got him from the Patriots. He was a third-string quarterback for the Patriots. 
Let him take all the shots. Let him get hit. He'll be the starter in a few weeks anyways. I mean, I mean, imagine this scenario. You're, in the, you're going hunting in the woods. <clears throat> you're going to go hunting in the woods, and there's, there's branches along either side of the road. And, and you know that whatever car you drive hunting is going to get scratched up. The paint's going to get scratched up. The paint's going to get ruined on this hunting trip. What car are you driving hunting? If you ask me, I'm driving my rusty old pickup hunting. You, you would not take your brand new sports car hunting. You would ruin the paint. Save the car for a better day. Don't take this new sports car hunting. Don't, don't ruin it. Save Andrew Luck for a better season. Get a new coach next year. Get a new roster. Acquire some players. Give Andrew Luck a fighting chance before throwing him to the Wolves. Andrew Luck can only take so many hits as a quarterback. It would be a shame if Andrew Luck wasted his body on a season like this, a lost season for the Colts. Andrew Luck should not play a down of football this year, and I think the coach is gone at the end of this season. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so much for listening. Go like the Facebook page. That would mean a ton to me, and tell your friends about the show. I'm trying to grow this podcast audience um, even more, and I just I really appreciate you guys for listening. So thank you so much, and have a great day, everybody.